Welcome to Office Talk, a fortnightly podcast featuring in-depth conversations with leading architects about their approach to business, marketing, and communications. I'm your host, Dave Sharp, an architectural marketing expert and director of Office Dave Sharp, a marketing practice offering specialized consultancy, marketing, and PR services tailored to meet the particular needs of architects. Visit officedavesharp.com to learn more or follow the practice on Instagram at officedavesharp. Joining me on the show today is Caitlin Butler, the Editorial Director of Architecture Media, Australia's leading publisher for the built environment, producing well-known titles such as Architecture Australia, Houses Magazine, Artichoke and ArchitectureAU.com. Before taking on the role of Editorial Director, Caitlin was the editor of Houses Magazine from 2011 to 2019 and established the highly successful Houses Awards program. In this episode, Caitlin and I discuss the role each magazine plays in the architecture media portfolio and the quality-focused approach Caitlin and her team take to ensure that their titles are the most trusted sources of information in the industry. We looked at how the editors decide which projects belong in their magazines and how they look beyond imagery and aesthetics to highlight projects that have educational value for the industry. We discuss the different approaches architects can take to engage with the media, looking at a targeted versus broad outreach approach, avoiding busy times of the year, and the value of having patience and holding onto projects for thorough coverage and maximum impact, rather than rushing them out the door in a superficial way. And finally, we discuss the importance of continuous engagement with editors early on in the project timeline, rather than the traditional model of shooting a project and submitting it to the publications. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Caitlin Butler of Architecture Media. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dave. So you've been at Architecture Media for 18 years or so? Yeah, it's almost 18 years, which is quite terrifying to think (laughs) about it like that. I was quite young when I started, actually, and sort of growing up here. So yeah, I would say that Architecture Media is a massive part of my identity. Massive part of the identity and your career. And so you've kind of moved from a few different magazines within the group, but I guess at houses for a long time, right, before Architecture Australia. So was that sort of seven, eight years as the editor at Houses and then and then recently into Architecture Australia. Were there any other titles that you had a bit of involvement in as well or was it primarily those two? Well, they are the ones that I've spent most of my time working on. But when I very first started, so I was studying architecture at the time I was in third year uni. I was thinking about my career and I was sort of thinking about a student architect job. And then I thought, oh, actually, you know what, like maybe I'm more interested in writing about architecture actually. So I got in touch with one of my lecturers at the time who wrote for Architecture Australia and she was friends with Justine Clark, who was the editor of Architecture Australia. Got my foot in the door there, had an interview and basically got a job as a student here at Architecture Media. They said to me, look, we've never had a student. We don't have time to teach you. So let's just see what happens. (laughs) So I was employed as editorial assistant, which meant that I was working across all of our titles. So I wasn't just on any one thing. I kind of strategically wanted to work on Architecture Australia, given my background and what I was studying. And so I sort of angled it so that I would work mostly on Architecture Australia with Justine Clark. And I was really fortunate because she became an amazing mentor for me and really took me under her wing and sort of taught me everything she knew, trusted me. And after my first year here, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go back to uni, do my master's. And she was pregnant. And she said, 
would you, you know, take another year off uni and look after Architecture Australia while I go on leave? And I was like, oh, this is kind of a big opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically um, took another year off uni and I looked after AA while she was on leave and that was kind of a sink or swim moment. And I basically just realised that this is exactly what I wanted to do. I loved it. You know, it was really daunting. It was hard, but actually through that time, I, I really proved myself and I proved to myself that that's what I wanted to do. And then after that year, went back to uni, did my master's and I was the assistant editor on AA then. So that was the hardest two years of my life, working or studying basically 24-7. Crazy. I mean, an architecture degree is hard enough without also having a job that has quite a lot of expectation to it. I mean, nobody knew who I was then. Like it was honestly, I was sort of in the background, but just there was still a huge amount of kind of responsibility with that role. Yeah. So I guess AA was where I started, but I did, I kind of strategically made my way across to AA, but I was working across all the, the titles. So architectural product news, kitchens and bathrooms, houses, landscape architecture Australia. There's, you know, there's lots of them here. So I was definitely working across everything to begin with and then went to AA. And then when I finished my degree, I was promoted to editor of houses. So oh, that brilliant. was kind of a weird moment for me because I was like, no, 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 I don't want to be the editor of houses. Like I'm, <laughs> you know, I know about architecture. You know, <laughs> I was worried that there wasn't that serious architecture to it. Mm. But then I saw this real opportunity in houses where we could talk about architecture to a wider audience and promote architecture beyond our industry. So I kind of really got in interested in that. And then when I took over houses, Cameron Brune was the editorial director at the time and together we started the Houses Awards, we refreshed the magazine and yeah. started an event series and just kind of like really embraced what the opportunities of houses was. Um, yeah. So that was an exciting time. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you, it's hard to picture nowadays that you would get offered the opportunity at houses and think, oh, no, but I kind of want to do serious architecture stuff because I think houses kind of quite architecture and serious <laughs> like the, the, these, these days. So has it sort of changed its kind of become lent a bit more in that sort of direction, even though it still caters to an audience of, you know, homeowners and, and that sort of thing? Well, it's our magazine title that is probably the most consumer facing of all of them. Yeah. So that's probably where I was sort of slightly concerned, I suppose, but it still is very much for architects. So it's not just for the, it's and, and it's for people who are seriously looking to engage an architect. So it's not just looking at the pretty pictures for nice cushions or a th nice throw. Mm. It's actually people who are seriously considering working with an architect. So it, it is still an architecture magazine. We still have scale drawings throughout all of houses. You know, it is actually read predominantly by architects, so that's important. But it, it's the one magazine in our in our suite that really straddles that line between mm. architect and consumer. So I think that was, and I didn't know enough about it, I think, at the time, but then once I realised the opportunity, it was like, oh, this is great. This is really exciting. And, you know, with the Houses Awards, that was an amazing moment. And now, you know, start that in 2011 and like we're over 10 years with the Houses Awards. And, you know, the exposure of residential architecture through that program is enormous. Like yeah. around, like people around the world pick it up. So that's exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. No, there was have been so successful and we'll probably talk more about the introduction of awards programs as a such a big part of the I guess the business side of architecture media as well um, because you've got a lot of programs but you've got a lot of titles and I think you're in a position of obviously like 
total leadership at, at architecture media. And I guess you get this sort of view over, over all the different titles and you guys have this job of sort of thinking about them as a, like a house of brands that you're trying to position in the market and think, is it, should it go more kind of architecture, more kind of consumer? Should this do this? Should that do that? How do they cross over and blend with each other? And I'm just curious to get your thoughts on how you sort of manage that process and think big picture about each of the different titles and what the unique kind of job that they all fill. Because I think even from architect standpoint, they think of all these different magazines and they get a bit overwhelmed by all these different options and, and what, what, do, what do they all kind of stand for? And, and yeah, so just your thoughts on that would be really interesting. Sure. So architecture media, yeah, we have a lot of different titles, but I guess the thing with what we do is everything is we produce is of a really, really high standard. Mm. So it is about our approach to publications and not just publications, awards, programs, now events, the Design Speaks events as well. So we approach everything that we do in the same way, which is creating really good content for the Australian architectural industry. So, you know, that's kind of like the overarching sort of approach. And then through that, we have all the different titles, you know, which are connected to design disciplines. So artichoke connected to interior design, I suppose, more more strongly. Then you've got Architecture Australia, obviously architecture, landscape architecture Australia, which is landscape architects. So it kind of caters to those specific groups within that design umbrella. And I guess the other thing to point out is that those titles are also affiliated with or endorsed by the various industry bodies. So, mm. you know, Artichoke is connected to the Design Institute of Australia, Architecture Australia. The, the title is actually the official journal of record of the Australian Institute of Architects. Landscape Architecture Australia is connected to the Australian yeah. Institute of Landscape Architects. So there's a lot of responsibility being connected to those major industry bodies mm. and a responsibility to be putting out really high quality content yeah. connection to those bodies is that from the very founding of architecture media and and the publications or is that something that happened over time that relationship developed well it started with the australian institute of architects so architecture media started publishing architecture australia um so because architecture australia was originally published by the institute so yep, in-house okay. and then i think it was published by another company externally for a while and at that company um, Ian Close worked mm -hmm. so he's our managing well he was our managing director he's um, kind of taking a bit of a step away from <laughs> the organ he still owns part owns some um, architecture media but he took AA and started publishing that with architecture media his mm, own company okay. so um, that was the the beginning there but I mean AA architecture Australia has been published since 1904 so, no way, really? Yeah. I don't know that I'm sure the listeners are all aware of that, but aren't, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty incredible. That's over 100 years of yeah. yeah. It's 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 pretty incredible really. Um it was called slightly different things along the way. But, you know, that's the legacy of Architecture Street, which is quite a and you know, again, a real responsibility. So, therefore, you know, you can't compromise on quality of content if you're looking after something <laughs> with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of which, which which is um I guess like where these Listeners probably wondering, like, Dave, where are these questions heading? Um, I think, you know, last last week I was in Paris and on my bloody good UK holiday, I took a month off the podcast for. And, you know, it reminds me of these these sort of these these houses that have these long legacies, whether it's like champagne or fashion or whatever. And the story always starts with back in 1623, Monsieur Cognac created or whatever, like 
And it ties into what you're saying about quality and legacy and how that then creates a sort of a prestige factor for the publication. Because I think like in terms of what each of your publications is and how it sits versus alternatives in the market, other magazines and stuff are out there, there's still a sense and a feeling, I think, amongst architects that the place that's truly the most prestigious to get your work showcased is still the all those architecture media titles. Um, and, it, and it feels like that that sense of reputation and prestige is something that is like kind of at the core of you carefully managing that brand is by the sounds of it. Have I kind of, am I in the right direction with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is, yeah, there is legacy, obviously, and we want to maintain that quality and it has, we have been around a long time. I mean, even Houses Magazine's been around, you know, we're, we celebrated 150 issues recently, you know, like that's a long time for a magazine like that as well. Like that's over 30 years. So, you know, it's not that, that kind of architecture Australia legacy has carried through into the way we approach our other titles. And I mean, I guess that's, you know, why I've been at architecture media for so long, like Mm. is because we never compromise the quality of what we produce because I mean, we are still a commercial organization, but we never compromise the quality of what we do for commercial gain. So, you know, it's still, you know, that editorial integrity, which is so important to me, editorial independence, um, all those sorts of things we've consistently maintained throughout the whole time that architecture media has existed still to this day. And it's hard out there. Like it's really hard, you know, you know, mainstream media, like there's just, there's so much (laughs) out there now, isn't there? And it's like, what do you trust, right? So I think what we want to do, you know, especially, yeah, with all our titles and including online, I'm talking about Architecture AU as well, architectureau.com, is being that trusted source of information, you know, so we don't, you know, we want to be reliable and I think we are reliable. So that's really important to us. And because there is so much out there that you can't trust, it's really important to kind of maintain that from our readers. What does that trust sort of translate into in terms of maintaining that trust? Is it predominantly about the selection of the work that gets included is a big form that that trust takes, like knowing that it is there because it deserves to be there, not because somebody paid for it to be there or a developer wanted it to be there or whatever. Like, is it that sort of is one of the key foundations of the trust or are there other things in terms of like the rigor of the journalism or or what, how do you sort of think about it? Yeah, I guess it's about how we curate the content that we produce. It's also the writers, the reviewers, the Mm. other contributors that we work with. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking about who the right person to write about something is. You know, we don't just pick names out of a hat. We actually do a lot of research and thinking about who knows what about what and who's the best person to write about that particular project or issue or topic or whatever it is. Um, And we do quite thorough fact checking you know like we make sure like we trust our writers but also we we do go through quite a thorough fact checking process which is really important so it's about who we who we're working with as well and you know we write a bit in house as well news stories make sure that we you know cross check all our information as best we can clearly it's you know with the the pace of online it's it's hard to do it as thoroughly as w- what we might do with a print magazine but we still try to uphold that you know the fact checking the kind of the thoroughness that we would use with our print titles. So it is definitely, there's lots of layers to it, I suppose. So it's what we choose. It's who we choose to write about things. It's who we work with as guest editors or guest curators for our conferences. It's it's a multi-layered thing. It's not just what we choose to publish. It's also those other things too. This might be a weird question, but is there something in particular that 
you feel like from a commercial standpoint would be tempting for you guys, but is one of those things that you go, okay, we're not, we're not going to do that or go down that avenue because of all of those things that you've mentioned. Like, is there anything in particular that has come up as something that you've gone, mm, doesn't feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's like, you know, when you get project pitches, but from a product company or something like that, or a commercial company, it's like, oh, you know, we really want to promote our product through publication of this project. It's like, well, actually, does this project, I would say, well, we wouldn't do that unless it was kind of an advertorial type thing. And we do have advertising is, you know, yeah, definitely a strong part of our business model. But I think that, yeah, I think it's just about trying to keep it quite clean about what is advertising and what's not. Yeah. And we always clearly identify that. And also just the balance of it, right? Because there's some publications where you feel like, they just eventually get a bit greedy and it starts feeling like 80% of the content on there is <laughs> paid for by somebody and you're just like, what? what? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's the, it's, it's a difficult one because it's sort of the commercial reality yeah. of working on publications. But, you know, I think the thing is just about being transparent about what is paid and what's not paid for. You know, I don't want to read an article where and then suddenly get halfway down and go, oh, hang on a second somebody's like obviously paid for, yeah, yeah, yeah. paid for this. Um, so I think it's kind of just about being really transparent and clear about what's what. I think that's the important thing and I think that's mm. what we will always do, keep that transparency. I guess coming back to the question about the the different titles and, and how they kind of cross over, I mean a, a trend that we've sort of picked up on the podcast is this conversation around sometimes interiors and landscape and sort of architecture they're all sort of blending together into one kind of thing and and that expertise is getting a little bit sort of practices I guess are enhancing a lot more of those things and the and the projects can kind of be strong in all in all three of those aspects quite often and do you, do you guys ever get in situations where you feel like maybe it's a bit trickier to determine which publication which title a project might be best suited to or where you kind of go this could really be successful in all three and does that call you know or more titles does that and in that case do you do you ever do that put them in multiple things I guess I'm just curious in terms of those that more of those themes about work being strong in all three aspects yeah look I think that is definitely true we are an extremely collaborative team here at Architecture Media so we all work very much day to day we're all talking about projects collectively it's not just we're not all siloed and working on our single magazine we, we are we are talking to I mean I sort of as the editorial director here I oversee all of our our content titles but the editors also work with each other so you know the houses editor Alexa Kempton you know she might get involved in a decision on an interiors project for Artichoke or she might have been sent a project by someone that she's been working with for houses for a residential project and then they've also said oh hey by the way like do you think that artichoke might be interested in this other project and then alexa might talk to the editor of artichoke and then sort of see where that might be placed so you know we are we are are always talking to each other and so it's not like yeah if you send it to one of our editors it doesn't necessarily mean it'll go into that particular title we'll kind of then talk to each other and go oh okay well that fits here or you're doing that theme so maybe we'll put it in there or which what's the strongest aspect to this project and then sometimes yeah we do publish them in different titles twice so you know like for example a project that we publish in architecture australia might also be very much suitable for a review in landscape architecture australia so we might do it twice for that different audience so it's not never that we do that 
But, you know, it's like we try to avoid doing that, I suppose. But if there are some projects that really need both sides of the story told. But yeah, so it just depends. And I mean, I guess there is a really close link between architectureau.com and Architecture Australia. And with that avenue, with that online kind of outlet of information for us, we pick and choose what suits online versus what suits, you know, a full project review or a bit more of a deep dive, I suppose. So there are things that we used to publish in Architecture Australia that we don't do anymore because we're like, well, it's better just to get that up online straight away. It's more timely that way. So we'll just do it there. <laughs> what, what sort of things would those be that, that are kind of quite time sensitive? Oh, like an exhibition review or something. Yeah. It's like so people can still go to the exhibition. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. it's like well, <laughs> doesn't need to be four months later in the magazine. It's no, like let's it's like just... why don't we just yeah why don't we just get it up? If a you know there's a conference on a conference review, what are the key takeaways from that conference? So we might get that up straight away. Obviously, all that topical stuff. I mean, Architecture AU is a real, you know, there's a lot of news that we put through that that outlet. So all that stuff that kind of really matters to architects. So that sort of newsy type stuff goes on Architecture AU. Yeah, it's just, I suppose, like if someone, you know, an obituary, like something, you know, it's a tribute or if a new building has been, I don't know, there's a competition win or something like that. A new project, you know, a significant project has just been completed. There's some opening or something, so we'll do a, a new story there. But that's, that doesn't mean to say that we wouldn't do a full review of that project in Architecture Australia later down the track. That's like they happen together. Like we work together. It's not just one or the other. It's like, okay, what's the strategy for this project? We'll do this, then we'll do that or whatever it may be. Yeah. Commercially, is that news content and that sort of time-sensitive stuff, is that is that pretty important part of like keeping people engaged with I guess your property is the, the fact that there is that day-to-day stuff that um, you know first place something is going to get posted I don't want to say an obituary specifically but I mean <laughs> no. it's always going to be I think architecture.com that is going to cover that and be the thing that pops up on somebody's feed and links to it, it will be you guys I think mostly so is that stuff does that play a pretty important role I suppose in in in, in terms of the overall mix Absolutely. Like it's really important. It's uh, again, comes back to that trusted source. It's like, where are you finding out your, your information and of the moment information? So where are you getting that from? And if you trust Architecture AU, we need to be the first to, to tell you that news. So that is, yeah, really important for us. We're always hunting down, you know, <laughs> I mean, of course, we, we, yeah, we're hunting down the news, but then we're also trying to make sure that the, the way we report it is extremely thorough, just like we would in our magazines as well. So it's really about finding the news fast, but also giving ourselves the time to report on it properly. So mm. Yeah, it's a big, big thing. But I mean, having that outlet is great um, for architecture media because we can do things really quickly like that. And then, but then we can also, you know, what that means for the magazines, like Architecture Australia, for example, means we can have magazines that are more book-like perhaps. So, you know, we do a lot of themes these days in Architecture Australia and sort of so that you can kind of collect them and go, oh yeah, remember that theme that they did on the suburbs? Like, let's go get that issue out or that issue on, you know, collectors and collaboration, it's just kind of, it means that we're allowed to do, we can do something different with the magazine if we're kind of covering all that of the moment, fast paced stuff through the website. So they work hand in hand, you know, 
they kind of work together rather than as separate entities. So yeah, to make sure we're covering all bases because people still need that deep dive review of a project or a deep dive discussion piece, but they also need the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's really it's really interesting. I mean, I guess also in terms of thinking about your your news coverage, there's some some other sort of I guess like equivalents to architecture.com.au in other in the marketing and advertising industry that I kind of look at like like yes. Mumbrella or whatever. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> the level of like granular detail shit that they cover is just insane. It's like so-and-so got promoted. This agency just lost to this client. <laughs> like it is like they lost the Vegemite Slow news contract. news days maybe. It's, like, it, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think those are like the fast news days where it's like <laughs> this tall poppy shit of going this this company just lost this client. It's like incredible winning you. Like it is, I don't even know. It's like they've got spies or something. I guess everyone just sends out their press releases about everything and then they just cover it. But um, I find it kind of a little bit sort of TMZ kind of fascinating, like like industry uh, goings on and claptrap. I don't know if, I, I guess there has to be a level that you set where you go, we cover the major and important stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have it's to like have we, a filter. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't do everything. I mean, yeah, obviously it's like a bit of gossip in that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think um, you guys avoid the gossip pretty much, we, right? We try to avoid the gossip and yeah. we try to like be pretty, well, we definitely want to be quite neutral in our reporting and even-handed and basically, you know, all of our titles are about educating Australian architects and designers on what they need to know about. So it's very much about being an educational resource as well. You don't want to kind of fall into that trap of being <laughs> the gossip column. Although, you know, there is a place for a bit of fun here and there for sure. But I think, you know, it is important to be quite, you know, even-handed and and careful with how we report on things and what we choose to report on as well. Because I think those sorts of, those sort of gossipy reporting, store, the, that sort of gossip reporting is really to get clicks, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like it to kind be. of... I mean, it's not always, but I think you can't, we don't really want to just sort of jump on the bandwagon to do that. And we want to make sure we're still very level and, you know, like we don't want to take sides or we can't take sides. So we've got to be careful about that too. So. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up the not taking sides as well. And I think this is something I sort of experience on the, the podcast a little bit that occasionally get messages after and just after interviews going like oh why didn't you challenge them on this or you should have pushed back on that or you know and I guess there's this sense of maybe I suppose treating like the architects a little bit weird like we're kind of I guess naturally on their side a little bit as kind of media around the industry and there isn't this sense that well I personally don't feel like there's this sense to really like go I'm here to hold architects to account and, you know, like make them sort of do certain things. Like I, I'm as a, as I guess a content creator, I guess I'm sort of trying to be a friend of the industry and support, I try to support as much as possible what they're doing. And I guess like I'd be interested in your sort of stance on as the media and having that also that role of, I guess, like not always necessarily being there to just support everything that is going on. I guess, I don't know, do you kind of get where I'm getting at with that, Caitlin? Just this sort of idea of like, are we are we kind of always on the industry side or are we occasionally going, we don't like certain architects doing bad things? Or like, what, you know, where do you, yeah. where do you draw that line, I guess, as yeah. the sort of official title of the industry where you're in this position of going, we're here to like be part of the industry, you know? 
Yeah, I think it's an, an interesting question. Obviously, a lot of what we do at Architecture Media is about supporting the industry and celebrating the work of the industry, promoting the industry, you know, particularly with our awards programs. That's how we promote architecture to a wider audience. So how can we, um, you know, share with other others about the value of architecture? That's a big part of what we do and that's why people come to us and want to get published because... <laughs> you know, that's that's really important to their businesses. So we are about supporting and promoting the industry. Um, that's a big part. But then there's also that aspect of, you know, well, this is, we are talking to architects most of the time in terms of, you know, I guess Architecture Australia. So then what is the information that we need to tease out there and share? And, you know, I, I mean, I guess as an editor, you always have to take quite an objective standpoint. You can't be subjective. I find it's quite interesting, actually, just as a side note, um, going on to juries, architectural juries, which I've been on many juries. And, um, you know, for me, it's just so natural to be objective. It's not what I like or what I think. It's actually what has merit or what has value. And so I'm, I'm quite good at kind of not you know, my taste or my opinion doesn't necessarily come into it. I'm kind of like looking at something at face value, whereas like a lot of other jurors, maybe, you know, from the industry, like architects, you know, they're not so practiced at having that really strong objective standpoint. And they're, they're kind of influenced by like who their peers are, what that peer did, who did this, who did that. So it's like, oh, this is really interesting to me. Like for me, it's so natural to be like, you know, what we feel the magazines and um, website and all the, you know, all those sorts of things, you know, that's not what we like. That's what we think has merit and what we think needs to be shared with the broader industry. So when we choose to put something out there, we already think it probably has some kind of merit. So we're not looking for someone to completely rip it to shreds or something, you know, like it's not about that necessarily. Obviously we want a proper critique of the project, but it's there because it has some kind of merit, I suppose. Um, and then I guess if there are issues within the industry that we need to kind of tease out, we want both sides of the story. So it's like, you know, we don't take a side, we just like illustrate both sides. So there's a real importance in diversity of voices in the magazine or in the on the website. Opinions from both sides of the argument is important to tease out so that people can then kind of, I guess, interpret that as they will. <laughs> so we don't shy away from critique. And I think if you read some of the things we've published in the last five years or so, like definitely in my time as editorial director, there's, you know, there is good critique in there. It's just you've got to, you know, it's it's actually written in a way that comes across, it's like it's quite constructive critique. It's not just being negative. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of my work is with practices in the UK, so I spend a lot of time looking at Architects Journal and RIBA Journal and stuff like that, and I feel like I, I read those publications and there's a real difference in tone where it seems like they individually go after individual architects <laughs> that, that they have kind of an, an issue with. Like there will be full-on <laughs> essays about what a, you know, a dick some particular like architect <laughs> is and their practice is just ruining the world, and I just... I look at that and I'm like, whoa, that's that's intense and pretty aggressive. And mm. I don't feel like we see that sort of angle um, in the Australian market. I mean, I'm not reading, obviously, I haven't read everything. I'm sure there's occasionally something along those lines. But would you agree that there's, I think you actually, no, I think you put it in a really good sense that it's constructive and I don't think it's going after the individual. It's more talking about architecture broadly and like what can we kind of all do to to do things differently, right? Yeah, exactly. And what are, what what should we be questioning what are we doing that we shouldn't be doing? What are the key takeaways? What are the key learnings from things? What are, 
you know, from projects or discussions or whatever, or, you know, it's about, again, I come back to education. It's about educating Australian architects on, on what we could be doing better, um, you know, and, and when we choose projects, we're, we're sort of thinking about, okay, so what, what can we learn from this? Like, what is the value of it? You know, we might get pitched like five schools or something. It's like, okay, cool. So another school, <laughs> how is this different? What can yeah. we learn from this school? How is this progressing the industry? How are we, you know, advancing the way we practice architecture in this, you know, it's always, we always ask these questions. It's not just, oh yeah, okay, that's a cool, that's a cool school. Let's just publish it. There's always like, okay, we interrogate it further and ask why, why it might be useful for Australian architects to read about that particular project. So then, you know, there's always that base level, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> of some kind of merit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like that's, you know, if a client asks me, you know, Dave, do you have any tips for trying to approach architecture media <laughs> to, yeah. um, to get yeah. uh, our thing published? I'm always thinking like take a huge step back from the project and what is the bigger picture society architecture like what's the bigger implication that we can kind of tease out of it have I generally been in the right direction there yeah yeah, <laughs> I don't no, have to go back really, and, yeah yeah no like absolutely like it's like why is this project different what is the point of difference in this project and why would someone be interested in reading about it not just looking at the pictures but why would they be interested in reading about it what's different about it? Tell us the story. We want to know about that because obviously, you know, there's lots of architecture that photographs really well. <laughs> and so we look beyond that. Like we'll often ask for the drawings and, and interrogate those as well. And particularly for Architecture Australia, of course, the other titles too. And it's just about, you know, telling us why, why is this project different? I think is a really key message. And what's the broader agenda? How does it fit into the the bigger picture, as you yeah, say? Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. way of putting it. Because I think when you when you ask the question like, how is this different? I think that starts to run up against what you pointed out earlier about architects having issues with subjectivity yeah. <laughs> or objectivity, I suppose, is the thing they've really got issue with where it can be quite difficult to determine what is different or interesting or unique about that project. And there's always a kind of, I guess, like, comms and PR people sort of try and, you know, push architects to what's different, what's unique about the project. And that can be a really, really hard question. But I think the other way you put it of kind of um, what's the agenda, I suppose, um, or like what, what bigger thing is this fitting into might be a more approachable way to potentially think about it, right? Yeah, I think so. If you're making claims though, also back them up. Don't oh, just yeah. tell <laughs> you know, they can't be like thin claims or, you know, they have to or superficial claims. They need to be backed up. Like you can't just tell us you're doing XYZ. Show us how you're doing XYZ. I wanna know about it. So that's really important. Don't just tell me it's the best of you know, the best whatever. It's it's yeah. gotta have you've got to back it up. But before we um talk, I guess, about some of the more practical sides of because I think, you know, as we were saying before the show, architects definitely want to, I guess, like through me, pick your brains <laughs> about <Yeah. laughs> how to kind of get their work published. So we should probably talk about that. But uh, before even talking about it, putting your objective hat on, how susceptible do you think you are to persuasion <laughs> by architects? <laughs> like to to any, is there really, I mean, obviously from the outside trying to, trying to kind of get into one of your magazines, we, we like to imagine that 
you know, there's things that we can do or that we can say or a way that we can kind of position the project that will influence that decision or improve our chances of getting picked up in, in one of your magazines or on your website or whatever. But I guess like from your standpoint, do, do you feel like, you know what, like there's nothing you can really do that influences me. I'm a trained <laughs> bloody like legend at looking at, I've been doing it for 17 years, looking at stuff and just straight away knowing <laughs> whether <Yeah>. it's. <laughs> I, would not, I wouldn't call myself a legend. But, <laughs> but, you know, I guess there is experience. Yes, I have got experience for looking at projects. But it's not just me, by the way. It's actually no, a collaborative thing. So I'm, I'm not just kind of, you know, we often get projects coming through our inboxes and then collectively like a group of editors will stand around, a, a, you know, a screen and look at a project and go, okay, what do you reckon of this project? Do you reckon this fits in to AA? Do you think it's AA worthy? You know, like we we collect, you know, it's not just one, one voice. It's definitely not just mm. my voice. And I'm really keen to hear the diversity of opinions from our group here Yeah, because that's, again, that objectivity. It's like, well, I see some value in it, but do you? Like, you yeah, know, yeah, so... Yeah. It's really not just about one person and and that that goes for all of the the titles that we have, you know, like if Alexa from Houses, you know, she gets submitted a project, she might be like, hey, guys, can we just have a quick look at this project? What do you reckon? Do you reckon it would work? Blah, blah, blah. So I think, you know, it's important to point out that it's not mm. just one person and, and we do personally, I'm really keen to get multiple perspectives on a project before we, we decide to publish. So that's a really key point. But it also depends on timing as well, right? Mm, <laughs> like, yep. you know, like there are there are multiple factors at play. Like we work on themed issues, as I mentioned before. So for Architecture Australia, there's a lot of theming that we do. So, yep. you know, it might be that we're working on a themed issue and that project fits perfectly in that theme, you know. So we're like, absolutely, let's do that. Or maybe there's not a theme that that project fits into. And so we kind of like, oh, a good project like how could we do it maybe it'll have to be published later or maybe we'll put it you know I talk about having the editor's cloud like you know you kind of it's always I tell people don't stop talking to me keep talking to me keep emailing me and telling me what you're up to because I'll put it in the cloud and it may not be relevant like straight away but it might be useful for a design speaks conference we've got coming up or maybe there's a themed issue six months from now that we're working on that that will be you know, really perfect for. So it's kind of like, you know, it's it's about keep talking to us and just because something's not, you know, we don't pick it up straight away, there's a variety of reasons that that might be the case because it's not relevant. We don't have a spot for it. I mean, you know, if you think about the issues of AA, we've got six issues per year. One of them is an award. One is One of them is, you know, covering the National Architecture Awards and then there's five issues left. It's not that many issues to fill with the best Australian architectures. And then we don't just do projects, we also do discussions and, you know, and then, you know, there is a, there is quite a few of them that are themed as well. So I guess the thing is I always encourage people to keep talking to me and telling me about their projects. And just because we said no one time doesn't mean we'll say no the next time either. It's just like timing is a big part of it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Telling um, a few thousand architects listening to a podcast to keep emailing you, that is a dangerous decision. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know, dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My email inbox is permanently not like ninety eight percent full. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I am constantly trying to yeah sift through things. But you know, and like you know, if we 
you know, don't get back to you straight away. Don't, there's no harm in giving us a call as well. I know that, you know, again, another risky thing to say, but I think it's, it's, it's just part of the process. Like we do, we do need to know what's happening. We can't, we can't make magazines and websites without knowing what's happening. We need Mm. to know. I I think that's a good point. A good reminder, because, you know, I work with clients through this process um, and, you know, they'll, they'll contact an editor, you know, any particular magazine and they're all basically the same. It's like two or three weeks to get a response. You know, it's like everyone's just overloaded by, I can't even like, I actually just cannot (laughs) even imagine what your email must look like. But, you know, there's that sense of like rejection that builds after like day five where we haven't heard back, where it's like, (laughs) where (laughs) the feelings start to get hurt. And it's also just like, it's not about that. I know, but, but I think it's good to talk about because, you know, it, it, that is how it goes. And I think, and people, uh, architects, I think they start to develop this sense of like animosity towards like the media. They not feel like they're just getting a response straight away. So it's just maybe everyone just needs to relax and give <laughs> give Caitlin um, and, and others like a bit more time to reply. But also it's good that you're saying, you know, follow up, give us a call because, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's normal. That's it's the same for, you know, I'm the same. You know, if I don't get back to you straight away, give me a well, don't give me a call, but, <laughs> but, you know, so I, I think, I think that's cool. But does that, you can kind of see where architects, I guess, are coming from with that, but yeah, you're saying it's yeah, more of a long-term definitely. relationship that you stay in touch. When you talk about that, like keep us sort of, keep me up to date on what you're, what, what you're doing or what's happening and it can kind of go into your editor cloud or whatever. What does that mean? Because this, I think the process is so formal and traditional around getting architecture published that it's like project gets finished photos get taken now contact the media you know it's like this very set etiquette uh around it and i feel like maybe what you're hinting at is it's more of a kind of loose sort of just (laughs) let's chat every now and then kind of maybe that's my approach after being here for so long and i feel like you know, I'm completely embedded in the industry. Like I know a lot of people in this industry and I think that's a big part of being an editor, being able to just have lots of conversations and and hear different things and, and find out about what's happening before they're finished. You know, I guess I'm not necessarily about, I don't wait till people finish a project and send me the pictures. Like I usually know about the project beforehand for those big projects, particularly, you know, it might be up to a year that I've been like talking to someone about a project often things are delayed these days, which makes it very difficult to plan for, you know, that just is the way it is. So, but it's just about kind of knowing even before things are finished. So it might be worth, you know, touching base saying, Hey, I've got this project sort of nearing completion, maybe sending some iPhone snaps of it just to kind of put it in the cloud, put it in the editor's cloud. And, and so we know about it's on our radar and I go to thousands of events we all do here as editors. That's part of our job. And I just always having conversations, people talk about what they're up to and what's coming up. I kind of keep that again in the cloud and just sort of know that that's, that's there. And it isn't just about getting published in like one in a magazine these days it's like there are so many different avenues to get your work out there obviously I'm juggling lots of plates here at architecture media with um our design speaks conferences as well Mm. so like maybe a project is more suitable to be talked about at one of our conferences so Mm. (laughs) you Mm. know we might be like oh yeah we're working on this thing that would be really great in there it might be good for the conference but it also might be good for 
AA or good for the conference and artichoke or, you know, like it just depends. But so there's lots of different ways to get your work out there. I'd also encourage people to like enter awards programs because, you know, with our awards programs, that is actually about promoting it to a wider audience. So, you know, we have a, we get a PR agent to promote the Houses Awards, for example, out to mainstream media. <laughs> so then you might get, you know, picked up by, I don't know, someone, someone the else. Age or, you yeah, know, or out or in the world. And, yeah. Or, yeah. And so that's actually a really great way of exposing your projects. It's not necessarily in the magazine, but it's kind of through the magazine in some ways because it's connected to that Houses Awards brand, which is very strong and credible. So I think, you know, it's kind of, there are lots of different ways to get the work out there. So, you know, it doesn't need to be a really linear path. Like, okay, we've finished a project. Let's take our photos. Let's pitch it to media. There are different ways to do it. It can be just about saying, oh, I've got this thing coming up. Here are some snaps. You know, what do you reckon? I won't necessarily, we won't necessarily commit to it without seeing the finished product. (laughs) But it's again, just to have it on our radar. And, you know, we might be thinking about a theme for an issue. And then there's like a handful of projects that kind of seem to fit the theme. And one of those iPhone snaps kind of made us think, oh, that would kind of work. So then that might then lead us to actually develop a theme on that topic because, oh, wow, there's like this series of great schools, like really, you know, with new pedagogical, you know, models, you know, there's some, or there's like series of schools that are not just schools. They're also used for community, like or something like that. There's some kind of hook to group things together. So I think it's not, it's not just like <laughs> a linear path, I would say. Um, and try not to think about it like that necessarily. No, absolutely. And I mean, I think it sounds like the, the rise of themes as your approach, which ties back to what we're saying about the separation of news and stuff, the more time sensitive stuff into the online, then allowing the printed stuff to be more thematic and book-like. That creates like a completely different timeline of how issues are conceived and planned and totally. you know and and that sort of linear model of like projects ready to go can it go in the next issue is quite broken by that isn't it because yeah. the next issue that that project might actually be relevant to it might be next month but unfortunately it was already planned 10 months ago <laughs> you know like <laughs> or it might be that if that if you miss that train and it leaves the station like the next time that topic is going to get covered is like 10 months away in the future so it, I guess that really does reinforce that that more slow buildup of engagement communication of going like, here's this and we're working on this and here's some snaps and all that sort of stuff. I guess just increases the window of being there at the right time when you're developing an issue, right? I mean, that's what it kind of comes down to, isn't it? Absolutely. Having it on our radar at the time that we're planning something on a, you know, a particular topic. I mean, not every issue is themed. Um, we don't theme Houses Magazine, um, but we do do like you know, it's it's about curation, actually. It's about curating a good magazine or curating a good website. It's about understanding what goes with what and how you might put things together. And then that, you know, may be kind of invisible to the reader, but actually there's a lot of thought that goes into how we place things, you know, in, a, in an issue and how they might relate to each other, which isn't necessarily about one theme. You know, it might be that it's just like there's a grouping of three projects that really make sense together and then actually let's let's maybe add, you know, some kind of like framing essay to that because there's some, there's a really nice sort of link through those three projects, you know, or there's just a, a dossier on a particular topic, which we do a lot of them in, in AA. 
is, you know, about let's do a deep dive in this subject and, you know, maybe it's not a full feature that we're going to do on a project, but maybe there's a series of like six case studies, like one page each or something that talks to that particular theme in that dossier. Or so, you know, there's like yeah, lots exactly. of ways to be published. So, yeah, I would say it's maybe a little bit sort of old-fashioned just to think, okay, put, you know, just shoot the project, send it to media. I mean, it depends what you want And then we pick our three best things we've yeah. seen and put them in the magazine kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not yeah. like that really. I don't, I don't, we don't work like that. And I think, yeah, it's important to kind of, um, yeah, be communicating through and just be open-minded to, to how it might be put out in the world as well. Um, but I think you do, I would suggest that people think about what they're trying to get from the media. Like what are you trying to achieve here? And be really careful and mindful about where you're pitching that project based on that information. So, you know, if you're looking to get more clients and you're a residential architect or you're mainly working on houses or something, you know, maybe you go in houses because you know that that audience is like there is an audience there that are seriously considering working with an architect, right, (laughs) you know. But maybe that house, you don't, like, why would you want that house in a, in Architecture Australia? Because that's not where those people are reading, <laughs> you know? So just talking about our titles, but, you know, like it's, or or is it pitching it out to, you know, domain or something more mainstream? Like, wh- what are you, what are you trying to get from this media? Think about that. Are you just trying to get kudos from the industry? That's cool too. Like, it's, it's really important to be strategic and not, I, I sort of, I sort of would avoid that scattergun approach of just like, okay, create a package, send out to everybody. Like, think about what you're trying to do because then, you know, obviously different media have different rules around exclusivities and things like that. So, you know, start with your top, your first priority and work your way down your list rather than see where you get to with that top tier potentially and then work your way down the list so I guess consider what you're trying to do <laughs> it's yeah and I'd love to get into that a bit more because it's it's very situational it depends what a client wants and well, now I'm speaking from my perspective as, as marketing <laughs> yes. consultant so the audience yes. is probably yeah. you guys can all go make a coffee and I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and talk to Caitlin about my job for a minute in having that kind of conversation of thinking about like the media plan around a new project there is always that debate that happens over whether it's better to do the sort of methodical one by one, like let's rank our publications by, you know, kind of ideal preference and then sort of work our way down versus the other sort of a bit more spray and pray approach where it's not like you're contacting everybody out there in the world that's got a blog, but you're creating, I guess, a list of five, 10 reasonably ideal publications and then just Mm -hmm contacting them all in one go and I think there's like obviously in an ideal world the sort of the one by one method is a really good is like really the proper way to go but it it can be quite an impractical way to go given that an architect will have a project and when we start factoring in that two week no response and then the follow-up and then maybe a conversation happens over the next couple of weeks and then it's like ultimately a no, then you move on to publication number two and it's like some serious time is starting to rack up and some serious depression <laughs> of going, I'm not mm. getting anywhere with this. Whereas mm. 
The other side of contacting a few more people in one go, obviously it can be detrimental to the individual relationship that you might have with those publications because obviously it's a little, like a tad disrespectful (laughs) to kind of go, here's the project and like, let's just see what happens. Um, But on the other hand, in terms of getting to the outcome that the practice might be looking for, they can kind of send it out to a few people and it just really greatly increases their chances that within a couple of weeks they are going to get some warm yeses or some full yeses and then they can just kind of navigate through that I guess it's it's, it's definitely a challenging one I completely understand I guess it depends on how um, urgently you need to get the project out there as well like I guess that comes back to your your objectives with the media what is this about you know so like actually are you willing to wait like a lot of people are willing to wait to be in Architecture Australia for example it's like well that's a pretty big deal to be in Architecture Australia so maybe you would wait a little bit extra time to do that you know or if but if you're sort of you're struggling and you're just really looking for that next client and I can see how that means that actually there's quite quite a lot of urgency there but then again like I would say if you're looking for more clients and looking to get your work out there is being on an international blog where it's there one minute gone the next like is that actually going to get you a client I don't know yeah is it 100% (laughs) like I don't I don't, I don't know like so I guess it's about yeah you're getting publicity but what is that publicity actually how is it actually benefiting you other than being able to link to it to like say hey cool we're on this website you know like I guess it's just I think if you were to approach multiple publications that's fine I guess you just got to be happy with the outcome of all of them you know and and also happy to miss out on maybe your top one in that suite if like you know another one takes it up and then they're like oh well if that's already going to that publication then we won't do it as well so you know like it's just you just got to take that's that risk the trade-off you, you know, isn't it yeah and it, it is the it trade-off is. and I guess it just depends on whether yeah I guess it's just about thinking through yeah what that yeah what that means and wh- whether that's useful to your to your objective but I completely understand it's really hard out there and trying to get your work out there so I definitely see the other side of the coin but yeah I mean it's a, it's a tricky one isn't it it's not an easy one and I you know we don't we, you know it's it's horrible rejecting projects it's actually awful I don't like, know how I'm you not... I mean honestly I would <laughs> I wouldn't be able to like come out of the house in the morning like having to do that seriously it's not a fun it's really and you know like it's you know somebody's put all this effort into mm. this project. Their hopes are to, sort of pinned on, just spent, yeah. But they've just spent however much time, like years on something, and then who are we to just come along and go, oh, no, that's not good enough to be, you know, that's not. And and often it's not even that it's not good enough. It just doesn't, like, it just doesn't fit for some reason. It doesn't so, fit or it's just maybe a bit too all similar. The, all so, the, compe- the yeah. you know, the competitive, you know, the, you know, you just have to look at, like, if you're talking about houses, which is quite competitive, I guess, you know, it is, you just look at the quality of the entries to the Houses Awards, for example, it's just the quality is so high in Australian residential architecture. So it's like, well, look at this quality that we're we're getting here. So the line cuts off at some point. Um, it doesn't mean to say it's not a good project. It just means that we only have X amount of, you know, pages to fill. It's very exclusive for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just, it's, a com- it's competitive and it's difficult. So, and we basically have to kind of think about that that really top tier for publication yeah. because we're promoting these as exemplar projects. So it is really, you know, it's not necessarily about our opinion, but it's just about where the yeah. where the line is drawn, I suppose, and the capacity that we have and where what other projects are out there as well. Yeah. I think that's very yeah. understandable and, you yeah. know, something that is an important reminder when, I guess, if you are going into that process of hoping to get 
your work published somewhere that 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 is the reality and it's it is it is tough and i think that i guess it's easy to become quite to get kind of tunnel vision on your project and that editor and not thinking about all the other stuff that they've got coming their way and those limitations i mean we can't yeah we just can't publish everything i guess is what i'm trying to say like we have to draw the line somewhere and it's not necessarily a criticism of the project it's just that we only have so much space and then I think, you know, w- we have the opportunity because we have other outlets as well. Like if you kind of really want to be in Houses magazine, but maybe we don't have enough room for that, but maybe we do online. So we have a Houses newsletter as well. So like maybe it goes online and that's kind of pretty good too because actually, you know, we've got 60,000 subscribers to that newsletter. So that's going to be pretty good too. You yeah, know, so. and, and then that, and that kind of quality and integrity is really still there where it isn't one of those online websites where they put up you know 85 stories a day and they disappear after like an hour and a half it's like you know good stuff from two weeks ago still there on the homepage. you know <laughs> it's like yeah, still, yeah, totally. and, and that's not a bad thing that's like stuff actually gets seen and gets visibility whereas yeah but I think people still I guess have a mindset that that's kind of if an editor offers them an alternative that's like kind of a oh, set you know second prize you know, sort of whatever that's <laughs> yeah. the silver medal well I and think we should take of... that as a compliment though because it's like well actually no there is something in this project I just don't have room for it in yeah, my in exactly. the actual print title necessarily like maybe but I still want to share this project there are different ways of getting a project out there which is you know I guess what I keep saying it's not just there's not just one way like be open-minded to the different ways you can do that what you're saying about timing is a probably one of the most important things to go, well, I'm going to go and ponder it. <laughs> like, okay. And maybe, maybe is there like, you can tell me if there's a certain month of the year or so, or a, a week <laughs> of the quarter where you guys do your like long-term uh, planning and then oh, we can, no, you can tell me organized. like exactly what it is and we can beep it out. So the audience <laughs> can't hear it. <laughs> Nah, there's no, there's no like, there's no. Second Monday of every. No, no, okay. no, no. we don't work like that. It's just about you know, we're constantly gathering information like all the time. So I think it's just I would say don't wait until it's kind of all finished and packaged up in a bow, like start talking to us before that point um, so we know about it and and can, you know, check in with you about it or you check in with us about it or whatever. Just keep us posted. Don't, I mean, you don't need to tell us a week by week <laughs> Every, update. Today's site visit was a great success. <laughs> Yeah, no. So I think um, you don't need to do that. But I think it's just, yeah, I mean, there isn't any necessary, like, I mean, the other thing is, there are sometimes there are periods of time where there's we get total influx of projects so awards season yeah, right like January, beginning of February the yeah so we will get everyone's like entering awards and like oh great we've got all our stuff together we've got all our media packaging together we'll just send that on to the you know to architecture you know as it's like cool but everybody's thought of doing that and so then we're like bombarded and it's like oh there's too <laughs> So much here, whereas like I would say that particularly around October. Oh, um, she dropped September, a month. We're on. <laughs> September, October after winter in yeah. Australia where no one's photographing, like people haven't been photographing Derek their projects. Derek all tucked up under the doona. The- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like one of those, the planting needs to grow, yeah, which yeah, I completely yeah, yeah. you know, like it's just winter time, right? People aren't photographing their projects in winter because, you know, landscaping is really important to a lot of the buildings. So as it should be so and you know I would say to try and to definitely try and wait if you can to photograph projects when they do feel 
like settled um, in their landscape if that's an important part of the project. And so I guess there's that kind of after winter time where there is a little bit of a lull actually. And that's just because of the cycle, I suppose, of phot- photography and, and um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I did drop a month, but I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's more, it's just seasonal, right? It's just about the you know, the time of year that people photograph things or wait till, you know, there's a bit more greenery or whatever. So it sort of makes sense. It's not rocket science. It's just kind of. Yeah, (laughs) because I think think a lot of people are, again, following that sort of that traditional routine of like projects done, photography right away, photos back in two weeks, send to media. Like it's this three, four step process that everybody does (laughs) the same way and nothing wrong with that. And it it sort of makes sense. But the problem, I guess, is that that's what every other sort of Tom, Dick and Harry are doing at the exact (laughs) same time you're doing it. And you end up in this problem where the media is kind of bottlenecked and then you're like, okay, cool. And I'm like that line cuts off somewhere and it's just really, really bloody competitive. Whereas um, that's and, right. And, and that's, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. It's like, if there are, if we're getting, you know, I mean, the thing is we would commit to a project and then do it later down the track as well. So we do kind of, you know, it just because it's not suitable for the next issue of Mark, we could potentially feed it in down the track. So it's not to say not to do that. Like you can do that if you want. I'm just saying that that is a busy time and we get a lot of submissions. So it, it does feel more competitive. Do you think there's any value in kind of coming back to revisit the possibility of a project like the same project maybe like six months later like let's say I contact you or, or not not you specifically but you your team <laughs> and the, the yeah. council of, of the yeah. editorial council yes and I and I come forward with a project and it's like you know it's January February I've stuffed up I'm there with everyone else and um and, and it's a no it's like it's not going to fit in anything so really any any value of revisiting it in September October and going like same project but maybe give it a second thought <laughs> probably not right maybe not I would yeah. say like we are just gotta move on to the next get, thing we are still trying to get like fresh content in the magazines we need that you know to make sure that our magazines are still of yeah. interest to yeah, our yeah, readers yeah, yeah, exactly. so we need it to be fresh and and you know and if we've already seen it online a few times already we're kind of like oh you know yeah. actually that's kind of had a lot of exposure I mean I think the thing is you know, sometimes it's about patience and, um, you know, there is a lot of impact, uh, you know, to be had actually in kind of, you know, holding holding a project and then waiting for it to be done properly in, you know, a magazine and published properly like with plans, a reviewer who actually visits the project. I mean, that's another big point of difference of what we do here at Architecture Media. Like every reviewer visits the project. We, you know, ask that that um, happens each time. That's for Architecture Australia Houses Artichoke. Like they all, that's kind of, I mean, there are a lot of other publications where sort of a regurg- it's a regurgitated project statement, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Whereas we will definitely, we, you know, we make sure that people visit the projects for our print titles particularly, which then you can trust that that person has actually seen it in the flesh, which is important, I think. Patience, I think, will really pay off. Like if you kind of, you know, wait for the landscape to grow, get it photographed, submit it to a, a, a publication, the one that you want to be in, they say yes, they kind of, you know, and then when it comes out in the world, it actually has a huge impact. Like I think, you know, there was a good example of this for Houses Magazine where, well, it was actually House of the Year, but so Nielsen Jenkins, the Merrick. It's going to mention uh, it. It's going to mention it. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting process. I knew we knew about that project a long time before it was completed, 
and we'd sort of been hearing about it but we hadn't really seen much about it. They were waiting for the photography to be completed. They were waiting for photography. We were talking to them, you know, planning to do it. And then, you know, they hadn't really shared anything of that project anywhere, right? Mm. And then, you know, it comes out on the front cover of Houses magazine. Everyone's like, oh, my God, they what lose is their that shit. project? <laughs> <laughs> so that just had a huge amount of impact actually for them. I mean, that house, you know, that house was on the cover of Houses magazine before it won Australian House of the Year and mm. that's with, a, you know, a jury that we select from the industry so it's completely separate to the magazine. So, um, you know, it's it a great project. So <laughs> number one, you know, send, you know, do good work. Do a but, house as good um, as that one is the first yeah, step. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, I can talk about this project. It, it, it is a standout project at one Australian house of the year, all those sorts of things, but it did, it wasn't really known before it was out there in houses magazine. And that had a lot of impact actually. Mm. So, you know, it doesn't work that way for everything, but like if people feel like they've seen something before, they're just going to like skim past it or, you know, like, so I often say for the first time something's seen, you want to make sure it's thoroughly done, right? It's not kind of superficial and, you know, you want to have like a, a deep dive into that project, right? So that the next time they see it, I guess if they've already seen it somewhere else done superficially, they're not going to really engage with that deep dive, are they? Because they're like, oh, no, I've seen that project. <laughs> I don't need to look at it again. So I don't know. I guess it's kind of there is, yeah, I guess patience is is important. If you, if you can afford it, if you have time to, you know, if you feel like, it's worth being, if you've got other things going on, it's not like, oh, shit, I haven't got anything in the pipeline. <laughs> you know, I need some more work, like I need to get my work out there. Totally understand that, you know, everyone's trying to make a living. So it's all within reason, honestly. So, I yeah. think, you know, you touched on it just really briefly at one point, which was saying that, yeah, sure, there might be some low-hanging fruit alternatives to being patient and some stuff you can do that will get you published tomorrow, but it might not really have any impact. Like usually things that are really sort of easy and transactional and whatever, like they're just not particularly special or important. <laughs> so, I mean, that's something I, def- I definitely pick up on the podcast primarily that I, and I talk to practices like Nielsen Jenkins and others and I'm, and I'm blown away by the amount of time that they're just sitting on a project for. Um, you know, like they'll just go, oh, yeah, we waited a year and a half, two years for the landscape and then <laughs> waited six months for this particular photographer to be available. Then we sent it to a publication. They said it would be like 13 months till it could be on the cover of houses. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like four years have gone by and they haven't even posted a single shot of the project on Instagram. It's not on the website. Like it's crazy it's like part of their brain has just sort of fallen out at some point that part that like just (laughs) wants it to just but the results like speak for themselves right where the project is the way that it looks and is covered is like really exceptional and becomes one of those like perceived as sort of top one percent of quality projects that come out and I I feel like those things have hundred times returns (laughs) in terms of the impact right that you're talking about but yeah. it's like seriously they, they get a big reception when that sort of stuff happens and I think like you have to build the build up to that is crazy but if you're in a, as you're saying if you're in a position where you can do it which not all practices are you know most aren't but but there are a lot listening that are you know or could be mm-hmm. um, they're not mm-hmm. going to go out of business if one project or two projects isn't immediately pushed out the door tomorrow like they're going to be fine <laughs> you know yeah. they, they can do it but they just maybe don't see the they don't really know that it makes a difference to do that to take that more patient approach 
Yeah, no, I think it's, it is hard. Like, I mean, we all, especially if you're super excited about a project being finished and you're like, oh, yes, we've got one, we've got it, you know, let's get it photographed, let's get it out there. We just kind of like, we want to, you know. Closure. About this and, <laughs> After these years yeah. of drama. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm kind of, there are other, I mean, I'm that sort of more, I guess that example was very much about a house, a new house. Um yeah. You know, in terms of big projects like we might publish in Architecture Australia, like there are, you know, especially public, you know, public projects um, like the other day, you know, the new Parramatta Pool by Grimshaw and Andrew Burgess Architects was um, was opened. So we did a, a new story about that on architectureau.com, but we're also planning a full review of that in AA for next year. So, you know, there it's already out there. There's a new story, but there is still a bigger picture a story to tell where we will get a reviewer to go visit the project, talk to the architect, talk to landscape architects, talk to the client, like talk to all of these people and make sure that, you know, we publish it then with drawings and, and all that sort of stuff. So there is that kind of, it's out there, people have seen it, but actually there is more of a story to tell. So it's not, it doesn't, it's not one size fits all as well. But that's the other thing to say here. Like, you know, maybe it, it is important to get that project out there at that moment when it was open, because it is a significant public project. But I guess, you know, the opportunity of architecture media is that we do have different outlets and work together. So like for me, it's totally cool that we would do a new story on that on Architecture AU and then yeah. with view to doing it in Ar- in Architecture Australia in print as well. Like that's fine because it's sort of we're working together on that here. So um, and we'll put the review, the review will end up um, online later down the track too. So we have got different outlets to kind of get things out there a little bit sooner if need, if there's a news angle. That's not the case for houses. <laughs> you know, there's not usually that kind of really important kind of news angle that we can find but for like yeah those significant public projects there is or if there's a competition win or you know there's there's lots of different ways we can we can do it so that you don't necessarily have to wait till it's in AA six months later or whatever so there are there are different ways of public you don't don't have to hold it all you know there are different ways is what I'm trying to say it's not like one size fits all Love it. Caitlin, I've got to let you go to your next meeting. Um, <laughs> you'll go back to back oh, meetings. Yeah, ten, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've only got 30 minutes to go chill. Uh, that's okay. Um, it's an internal meeting. It's not the end of the world. Okay, so it'll yeah. be an easy one. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And oh, there's so many more questions I could ask you. And <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like this could have been a, like a three-hour podcast probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Just but, for your own interest maybe. <laughs> yeah, oh, honestly, it's all for my own interest. Like okay. stuff the listeners, they're probably kicking like kicking their <laughs> their airpods out the window going yeah, like yeah. what a dickhead he didn't ask any questions no. that are relevant to my situation um <laughs> but i don't care this is just for me really at the end of the day um so yeah, yeah thank you so much for doing it and maybe um maybe we could do another episode at some point in the future or yeah, or maybe yeah. houses can launch a podcast of some kind and i can come um, on it <laughs> yeah. yeah well you know there are definitely ideas in the pipeline so Ooh, you never okay. know okay <laughs> all right exciting times okay thanks yeah, Caitlin. Yeah. No worries. Thanks, Dave. That was my conversation with Caitlin Butler of Architecture Media. If you'd like to learn more about Caitlin's work, you can visit architecturemedia.com to subscribe to any of their titles or follow Caitlin on Instagram at Caitlin Butler. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.